Session. Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, along with my co-host, my prestigious co-host, let me get it right, Dr. Raheem Young. What's up, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Ah, man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm also pleased to announce our special guest, DeAndre Rattuz. What's going Close. on, brother? Close. close. <laughs> Did I get it right? No, no, no. It's all right. Everybody butchers it. Uh, Rudis. Rudis. DeAndre Rudis. So you was close. You was close. Like, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write it down the uh, phonetic way you got Yeah, uh, so root. So you just put root and uh, E-S. And I think you would get it root. Rudis. Right there. Just Rudis. let it flow. <laughs> <laughs> got it. It's all good. Thank y'all brothers for having me. I appreciate being here, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. More about you, man. What do you do? And uh, you know, if you got any kids, how many kids you got? What are the ages? Oh, okay. Hey, man, I thought I was drop, jumping on here to talk about sex, drugs, and murder, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's that's coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, start with the kids. So just one, one, my very first child. She's thirteen months at the moment. Beautiful baby girl. Her name's Ayala Legacy Rudis. Uh, the Ayala actually means my children are my wealth. Her mom is a Mende woman. You know, we did our DNA testing and things like that. So she is uh, West African. She's a Mende woman. And she really wanted to connect with the roots in that way. So our child is Ayala. And then the legacy comes from me. I truly believe that my child will be the person that I'm sowing my seeds in. And like they said, legacy is planting a seed that you never get to see grow. So mm. Now, hopefully, you know what I mean? I'm not speaking any ill upon my own life, but I'm just meaning that whatever she creates after I'm gone, I'll never get to see the fruits of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah. Like that. So that's 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 what we at with that in terms of children, who I am. So DeAndre Rudis, I consider myself a community leader. I'm a social justice advocate. I am a... Soon to be doctor, like Dr. Young here. Um, actually, in my second year, going into, actually, we're going into the next semester will be the end of my second year. So we're, we're coming up on comps. And that is like one of the major hurdles for your doctoral program. And so at the moment, I'm actually working on my first draft for my dissertation. So I'm just kind of honestly just playing around in terms of getting that done because I could have had it done so long ago. But I'm going to get it done. <laughs> so we're on our way there. As a doctor, I I am also, I do a little bit of spoken word. So I'm a creative in my own right. So a spoken word artist, man. I'm a mentor in some respects. I, I did mentor for an organization out in Austin called College Mentoring Experience, where I was a legit signed up mentor. But now these days, I'm more or less the, the mentor type where if somebody wanted to reach out to me and ask for sage advice or whatever I can give them at 33 years old, then I'm willing to impart that. And, but I also, you know, I do look to take on and deal with and develop younger people, people younger than myself. So I think that, that probably pretty much covers kind of the gamut of, you know, some of the titles that I could take on, I suppose. That's cool. So yeah. you you brought up the sex, drugs, and murder uh, conversation. <laughs> so like working in the community and like working with the youth, mm -hmm. what is your I guess your um, uh, 
your opinion of, of the way that you know we're we're going as a society, and how how did that impact your decision to bring a child into the world? Man, it was hard. I ain't gonna even lie to you. It was very hard. I tossed and turned, and thought about bringing a child into the world. I I I man, I don't like. All right, so I don't <laughs> love the direction we're going in. I like yeah. it, right? I don't love it. I like it because, first and foremost, as a people, right, as a black people, we are leaps and bounds past where we used to be. And this time that we're living in is actually the greatest time ever to be an African-American in this country. So I like it for that. But I also recognize that we have yet to really tap into the collaborative spirit that we really need in order to really push our society as a, as a community for it, right? So I look at that, and when we talk about children, it's getting younger and younger in terms of how our community is falling by the wayside. I don't think education is as important as it used to be, you know, and that could have a lot to do with the influence of, like, social media, the the, the, the degradation of the educational system, the fact that a lot of men like you, you must, uh, all of us on this line here aren't the ones educating, aren't the ones that can, to a lesser extent, get through to the population that needs it. And I'm not saying that we're, we're incapable of doing that, but I'm just saying we are not the ones that's trying to put on Balenciaga and Gucci and you know what I mean? Like that's not, I, and, I, I'm not, I, and I can only speak for myself, right? But I recognize, I say y'all too, cause I've never seen you in the interview rocking any of that stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never seen you online or anything like that or speaking to that, 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 that lifestyle. And I think, you know, it's very hard right. to capture the you audience. Right. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to capture your audience. Sometimes if they if they, don't really feel a connectivity. Now we could speak to the ills of the hood because we grew up here. We could speak to seeing some things and even being a part of some other things, but what they might need, we may not be able to speak to. And I think that is the part where I'm like, I just don't love it, man, because I see tons of opportunity for development and growth, but mm -hmm. I almost, I'm like, man, it's, it's moving at a glacial's pace. And then it's mm -hmm. being what we're trying to do is actually being in, 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 impeded by the media, by social media, by elements that look like us that don't want the same that we want. You know what I mean? Like that's and being honest, you know, it's not only, we can always say there's white people that is keeping us down because there's black people doing it too, you know, and there's people yeah. feeding off of our poverty and, you know, there's a lot, of dynamics at play in a regard of what's going on today. But so I, like I say, but I, but I see the progress, I see it, but it, it's, man, it's difficult, man. And so, you know, as a first time father, somebody who really, really seriously was like, man, I don't know, man, I don't do, I, I don't, I, I, I'm telling you, I really struggled with wanting to really bring a child into the world. It was my lady who, mm. you know, really convinced me to do it because, She's a, she's a beautiful woman and she's a good woman. She's a great woman. You know what I mean? And we've been together for some, some time. Our relationship definitely deserved to move forward, you know, and I wanted to make sure that if I was to have a child by anyone, it would be somebody that would be able to give my child the love and the care and support 
and encouragement and everything that a child needs for proper development. And so it took some time, but I found that woman and she has my child. So we are here now. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. How would you say having a child has, uh, has changed you? Well, you know, I would, I, okay. So it's changing, right? <laughs> and because to be totally honest, the thing about me, was and is currently is I have been very driven towards my goals and I am very driven towards my goals and so having a child made me realize that I have to slow down and think about another person outside of myself because I don't think it's terribly wrong to think about yourself so to speak because we all know that in this life we are going to get out of life what we put into it so that means what you as an individual put into life you are going to ultimately get out and so that was always that and that is still my thinking and my child you know to a lesser degree kind of suffers a bit because I'm still not there right like it took me until I don't know she was four or five months for me to go to the store and buy her something too, in terms of like food. And then I was like, and then I had an aha moment, like, damn, see why it take you so long, but I'm developing that. Right. Like I had to learn, you know, cause honestly I've been a really selfish person and my, the way I grew up to plays a central role into that. Cause ultimately to be completely honest with you, I used to think too outside of what's going on in society. I would always think, man, do I have the emotional capacity to bear a child and love that child the way she would need to be loved or, you know, he, if it was a boy. Right. And I had to struggle with that too. I, I ultimately believe that I have the capacity to develop and evolve into what a child would need. And so I'm doing that now. And it's, 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 it's you ask my girlfriend, I ain't there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, and but, it's the truth, you know, and I, and I, uh, I, I have to be better at it, you know, and I just have to continue to work at it. I'm developing it. Um, but you know, that's, 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 that's where my struggle is, man. So I'm changing. I'm not, I'm less selfish for sure. I'm definitely less selfish. I'm, I'm more loving, right? Like I don't know how a parent could have a child and not come in and that'd be the first thing they go to and pick them up and kiss them and wrap them in their arms. Right. So I'm super loving now. Sure. Uh, I think for my lady, like for me having a family now, right? Like my baby symbolizes family as well. It made me think of other things like being married. You know what I mean? It makes me think about having a shared business of some sort, like a family business, trying to figure out how can I put my baby in position, right? Like I created a clothing brand for my child. I make sure that I put her name in and on things as part owner. I went and I got her an investment account. You know, it made me become more responsible to my future as well and have to consider the things that I'm doing now that can actually ultimately impact her too. So, You know, that, that's interesting, man. I think that's the struggle for, um, I'm not going to say all, but like a decent amount of men, you know, yeah. just because um, like for me, it really didn't get real until like I had my <laughs> tell my son was on the way. So the second child, that's when mm -hmm. it was like, damn, I gotta take care of these people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. And, I hear um, that. Yeah, it was one it was like a weird moment, like, damn, you know, it's not just me. Uh, right. Right. 
Making right. these what about people, you, I gotta take care right of it. Right off top, Royce? Yeah, off top for me too, man. It was like uh, going to the store. Like, you know, you got you to get more groceries now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got <laughs> to get what they like on the snack side. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My kids don't eat everything. My, my son don't eat meat like that. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he, he told me, hey, dad, I don't like when you cook like chicken thighs. You know what I'm saying? The chicken thighs. You know <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like chicken nuggets, but I don't like chicken thighs. So like being real intentional and being uh, specific mm-hmm. with what they want and their needs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to go through that too. I'm still going through that. You know what I'm saying? Still learning. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's been an amazing experience. Facts. Uh, first child or you have a couple as well? I got three. So three. nine, three. five, and three for me. Mm. So yeah. So even still, I'm still developing as a dad, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and my uh, capacity for giving is, uh, is growing as I mm. experience uh, fatherhood even more. Okay, so, cool. Man. So, yeah. All right, I don't feel as bad now. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you should, man, because uh, really, man, you spent 30 years just managing you, really. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. going from that and making that shift, man, it's, it's a big shift. Yeah, but you know what? The thing about it is, like, my lady – just did it but i and i i know why women would just they carried that baby for nine months though yeah so they're going to be there's going to be a level of attachment that i will never ever you know get to you know but you know for her but she's again that was the reason why i i knew that if i was gonna have a child by anyone because i i saw that prior to her having a child you know so hey you know what since you just said that, do you think like, um, I guess with the way that roles are changing or reversing, mm-hmm. do you think it's easier for women to like walk away and not or not want to be bothered with their child as much as it, it was? Ooh, that's a goodie. Uh, uh, hmm. It's a different world, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say nah, but because I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know too too many women that would willingly walk away from their children. But I recognize that we in a totally different time. Okay, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna say uh, walk away, but um, are less nurturing. Less nurturing. Yeah. <sighs> you know what it is is people can only nurture from their level of understanding. And I think what's happening is that we aren't doing the work that needs to be done on the front end in some respects, in terms of education, right? Like, are you seeking out advice from elders that you recognize are pillars, People that had multiple children that had them and raised successful children. Are you reading books? Are you watching video? My lady does all of that type of stuff, you know? So that's one of the things that I see. If she sees a problem, she'll she'll look at videos. She'll try to figure it out. You know, she was doing things prior to the baby coming, like buying a, building the baby's book library and making sure that the baby had little nursery items that, are so essential, you know, and, and she get a lot of that from the stuff that, that she reads. And yeah. I think what, and if she had a nurturing mom, still has a very nurturing mom. So her level of empathy and love and care comes from her passed down from generations. And so a lot of women 
aren't as privy to that. For instance, my mom, my mom only knew how to love from the capacity of which she was shown, which was that that hard love, right? Like my mom would make sure that if we we did things the the I don't even want to say the right way per se, but <laughs> she was hard, man, hard love because my mom was was raised in the streets, so to speak. You know, so I can remember things like having my hat bent or something like that. Mom, we right, straighten that motherfucking head up while I flag your chest. And like, what? <laughs> you know, my mom, <laughs> my mom's like, all right, you got into a fight? Cool. Look, take this can of corn. And when you go out, if, if they fuck with you, bust they uh, out. Can we curse? <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we curse? Is that yeah, yeah. Oh, this is growing up discussion, man. We good. Okay, yeah. So, you know, OG be like, man, take this can of corn and if somebody fuck me, bust they motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So the love was different. But she loved from her capacity. You know what I mean? So a lot of women are going through the same. They may not have people around them that are caring, supportive, and loving. And so they may say, in some respects, because you hear a lot of women say this, they may be, I'll never raise my child the way I was raised, right? And sometimes that's a good precursor for a great mom. But then they in unintentionally actually become and do the things that they were raised so, uh, just yeah. like, in some respects. Not all of them, but, you know, and I think that's what the ultimate issue is. Hey, you know, growing up, I was privy to, like, that same uh, pep talk, man. But Man, you... Yeah. <laughs> But but uh, I guess our weapon of choice was a brick. They <laughs> pick up a brick and <laughs> yeah, whatever you can. Yeah. Hey, you hear me? Yeah, we got you. No, no, no. I said no. Nah. I'm just saying. I'm like, you hear me? Pick up whatever you can. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how how about your dad, man? What was your relationship with your father? I didn't grow up with a father. Well, I mean, uh, much love and respect to my stepfather, who did raise my brother and I, but we didn't grow up with our father. And I, when I, so my stepfather, so my mom had six kids, right? And she had my twin brother and I, we were her firstborn by who she called her best friend. She said, she actually don't know what happened with their relationship. And the thing is, he had multiple kids by multiple women, so he left us off. So it wasn't just my mom, but she said they were best friends, and she don't know exactly what happened to the relationship after she had us, but, you know, he was a deadbeat, and he moved around. Now, our stepfather, so my next two brothers, they had a father, and he wasn't, so he came around here and there. You know, we seen him, but he wasn't there either. And then our stepfather, who was the father of my two little sisters, who's still there. They're married. They actually just passed their 30th year anniversary, marriage anniversary. They, he was always at home. So we, we learned our, some of our ways from him. I would actually like to say it's probably one of the best lessons that we learned from him. Mm-hmm. You know, but we learned some things that still serve us to this day and some again to our detriment just that weren't all that good so you know that's 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 what i mean he was my my male role model so to speak mm-hmm. and he did what the best he could from his understanding right but you know it's neither here nor there but he was there he and he's always been there he's always been there so uh, how how were you when he came into your life so for my twin brother and i we were essentially adopted when we first 
when we were adopted because again, like I mentioned, my mom lived a street life, right. but it again, it wasn't to her. It, it, that was the life that chose her because my grandma, her mom had a mental breakdown at a fairly young age. And it was actually, I believe due to my mom's stepfather who had my auntie and her father, my mom's father, my, my paternal grand, grandfather didn't claim my mom. And even though we know who he is, because he, he our uncle, his father, I mean, our uncle, uh, who's also, he would be the father, our grandfather's son, looks yeah. like me, my twin brother and I, like we resemble. So it's no, you know, it's like, yo, yeah, you're definitely our, our, you know, that you're our grandpa, but he's never acknowledged us, even in circles when we've been around him. We've never really acknowledged him. Hell, I don't know if he ever acknowledged my mom. She's been around him. And so she didn't, she didn't have any support, you know, right. and the matriarch of the Jones family, Annie Jones, at the time, my mom was dealing with her son. His name was Harvey Jones. And he and my mom, again, they were dating or whatever they were doing. But his mom saw that my mom was struggling and she needed help. And so she she was uh, had to be probably maybe in her 60s, maybe 50s. She took my brother and I in, and we were raised on the 119th and Stewart for about the first eight years of our life. And then we came out west to the Austin community. And during this time, our stepfather was with our mom. So he's been in our life since eight, nine years old. So I'm 33 now. You know, so he's been there. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say you uh, you learned from your stepdad? I, I, so I learned men don't talk. And he taught us that because he would take us to places like Freak Nicks and have us touch girls' booties. <laughs> uh, at a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were still popping off at Garfield Park. I'm telling on them. I'm telling them. So <laughs> at Garfield Park was still popping off, man, and he would take us there and you know, see the little shake of booties, man, and have us touch their butt and stuff like that. And they'll come to the car and, you know, entertain them and all this other stuff. Yeah, hey, y'all, look, I'm going to tell your mom, you know, men don't talk. You know what I mean? So my, I took that to the took that to heart. I, we definitely took, oh, yeah, men don't talk. We got to keep that on the hush-hush. I will say this, though. That what it did, though, is as I got older, I didn't take it as that, like, men should be doing dirt. But I took it as keep like keep what's between you and another person between y'all you know i'm a person i'm not gonna go tell anybody's business like if it was one of those situations especially if it's a situation where it's like between me and you type of thing if, if somebody lead off with those words i've never told anything in fact there are situations where the people have said things ab about me where i'm like nah, i know that's not to be true but you know what to keep this other person from even being implicated I'll take that hit, you know? So it really gave me a sense of keeping things close to the vest. You know what I mean? And I'm a type of person, like, if I was going to do dirt or whatever the case may be, I'd do it by myself. Because I recognize that that doesn't exist in other people. That that whole idea of keeping things to yourself. And so he also taught me how to clean up, so to speak. And I say it, which 
it can go both ways. So he taught me how to clean up. And that when I say that, back in the 90s, you know, everybody had the stiff, starch, creased jeans. You feel me? Like, <laughs> if your joints came off the ironing board and they didn't stand up by themselves, you did it wrong. So I perfected the art of having the crease standing up, taking them to the, the cleaners and getting the, the stiff starch, man. And that Heavy was that starch. was my one. Heavy starch, man. Heavy, heavy. <laughs> man, give it to me two times, dog. You feel me? You know, and then he he would he would have, you know, the nice little bling, you know, ring, gold rings. He got the two hoop earrings. Like as you can see, I still wear two hoop earrings. So that's something I took from him. Um chains, you know, I so I'm a big jewelry guy because of that. I used to have a lot of that stuff. I I, I ended up losing it, but he was one of the he man. He, I'm talking about he clean up nice, man. He Friday he go get his head done. He come out. He got his stuff from the cleaners. You know he put his colognes on. That's another thing I got from him. So when I say I clean up, I mean you know, put it get, getting it together. You know, throw my cologne, got my jewelry. I got you know I'm smelling good. You know what I mean? And and I got that from him. But on the flip side. He would always say crazy stuff like, yeah, man, you, you, your lady's supposed to smell your nuts and stuff like that. So, it's like, <laughs> so it'd be like, man, like, you contradicting the lesson that you, like, which one is it? Wait a minute, step back. Man, 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 crazy, man. I don't know, dog. So, you know, it's, it, it's, again, it's, it, we, we learn some stuff, man, Even both ways, right? Like, you could look at it. So, and this is how I am, right? I'm a type of person. I'm a very optimistic individual, so I, I'm a half full type of guy, right? And I see that these could be negative lessons, but I also flip them and turn them into positive lessons because I, I can see the the gym inside what he's trying to convey, you know? So he taught me some things, a couple of things. That's cool. Have you all ever had like a disagreement with your stepdad? Oh, hell yeah, of course, man. You know, I was, a, I was a kid. Listen, because, so because I was, because I was adopted, I was one of those kids that, and, and I think a lot of black boys go through this. One, because I was adopted, but two, because when we came back to our mom again, she was very tough, lovish. So she didn't really know how to love. And I internalized all that and all that became anger, you know? So that was just, a lot of pent up rage, aggression, anger. So I would punch walls at home, punch doors. Like we put holes in a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? When I would go to school, I would, man, like punch lockers. I would lose my cool a lot and I would really flip out, right? I had to see psychiatrists and all that stuff. But, you know, and back in the day, all that was just, it's, it, that was the, the lack of love, the back of care, support the 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 detachment from not having your mom for your first eight years of your life but actually seeing her have more children right because we are the first and yeah. so our brothers and sisters would come over so it's like damn you know in the back of your mind as a child you how could why why we got to be over here and you have it and, and our brothers and sisters are over there yeah. you know so that type of deal and then of course as we started living and you know we never got a story about why we had to be adopted and all this type of stuff all that manifested itself into just not knowing. So, of course, we was like, hey, you ain't my daddy, man. Man, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And speaking all out of turn and saying all type of crazy stuff. And then, you know, I remember when I moved out, finally at like 21, 22, it was just one time, man, where my stepfather, he got laid off, you know. 
and he was chilling at the crib, like getting unemployment. He was doing some, but my mama had to work now. And he moved us. Now he moved us to a single family home at Dalton. So mm-hmm. when I was, so when we was about 18, I ended up going out there for like two, two years, two and a half years or something. I ended up moving out when I was 20, 21 ish. My twin brother had his first child at 17. So he was already gone. He never experienced that, but he moved the family out to Dalton. And um, we always, we, you know, we always questioned that. And so after he lost his job, my mom was holding up that home out there. And I remember calling him I'm, and, my, and my mom, you know, just like any, probably any average black mom, overweight, diabetic, you know, my mom got asthma. She's dealing with high blood pressure, you know, and everything that typically comes with being overweight, but she's going to work every day, taking care of the home. And so, you know, I remember calling him like, bruh, what you doing? He, what you mean? Oh, shit, my mama going to work. What the fuck, fuck you doing sitting up, laid up? Like, like it's cool. He, man, when you get to this age, he probably at this time was 43. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 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 no. Let me see. This is probably this is probably a good 10 years. So I'm 33, 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. About, yeah, yeah, about 43. Let's say anywhere between 43, 45. So he... Yeah, man. When you get to this age, then you could question me. Shit, right now I'm I'm resting. Shit, your mama got it. Um, mm. you ain't no fucking man. What you mean? What you mean you resting? That's a woman. A woman sitting there going to work every day, and you sitting up. You know what I mean? So yeah, we definitely had to hire one of them. You know, and I never apologized for that, and I never will. That that part, you know. Of course, we good now, but I'm just saying, like, I never looked at. I I just thought that was so wrong. I don't like. I just for a man to be able-bodied like i'm a person that's if you able-bodied man you should be out there man you know and and it, it is what it is you know it happened um i mean at some point whatever exhausted and he was he he had to go back to work and so now he's back working and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah that was the one time that really killed me man May definitely made me look at him differently especially when he said man when you get to this age you'll be able to rest this rest <laughs> you got kids still here you got my mom out here working, dog. This can't be life. So you all never like talked about that incident? No, not really. You know, that's yeah. a, that's the one thing about our family. We don't we we didn't really talk about those type of things. You know, we never really had family gatherings and sit down and talk about any of the things that was really a problem. Because the one thing again, being the way the way we were raised in in being angry, so to speak, about things. We never really reconciled certain things. Because we were like, mm-hmm. like, even as we were getting older, we would tell our sisters and brothers, like, all right, you're going to see. We're trying to tell you how mom is and how your dad is, you know, talking to our sisters. Yeah. And we, you, you're going to see. And they, hell no, nah, we said, fuck you too then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that, you know, we had those little occasions too, you know, and then after a while, it's more or less like, we don't say sorry. We just come back around like, yeah, you good? Yeah. How you been? Yeah. All right. Cool work. Uh, you know, and we, but we never it hashed it out, you know? So. Yeah. Did your brother yeah. feel like uh, some of the same ways that you did? Yeah. Yeah. It's just manifests itself differently. Even though we twins, we mm-hmm. have a very different way of approaching things. So. Whereas, because let's say, for instance, 
because I felt my abandonment issues manifesting themselves in I couldn't trust anybody or I had to really find comfort in myself. And mm-hmm. I use that as fuel. So when I say I'm selfish, you know, a part of that is this, it still comes from this place of abandonment where I depended on myself for so long and I went out and did what I had to do to get what I needed, right? Mm-hmm. And my brother, on the other hand, he actually, the way it manifests himself, itself for him was he had to go find comfort in other women. So mm-hmm. he was looking for mom and other women, right? And I, mm-hmm. and I say that because that kind of that that speaks to how we are in terms of problem solving or handling solution not so much now obviously we're grown with 33 you know we know how to do things in a different manner we could talk things out even immediately after or give people space however they need it but back then I would essentially shut down and go back into my hibernation mode well I'm gonna depend on myself and my brother essentially would go and figure out how to place his emotions with someone else to help him through through it through whatever he was going through and so in that way that's how we both coped Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like what what would you want to leave with your daughter so like some of the things that you've learned throughout life what what do you want to leave her as well, as I would, so the one thing, which is like, I, I want my legacy essentially to be made up of is that I want people to recognize the work that it takes to be successful. And I'm a person who truly believes that you can't get anything without sacrifice or hard work, right? And, and sometimes the hard work is the sacrifice because you're giving up on all of the other things that people might consider fun, right? So I don't really watch TV like that. I don't really go outside like that and in, in hopes of really building something that could be long lasting so that at some point I could spin the block and do all those things, right? So mm-hmm. who knows, the people that are doing those things now, enjoying life, you know, they come 50, 60, they might be like, man, yo, I, I mean, you know, I had a good life, you know, but I, I got to work this 17-hour job, you know. I, I'm not saying they will, but they may, right, versus, you know, I, I, I put it up front and I do all this work now so that when I'm 60, I'm chilling on the yacht somewhere. Yeah, and I can really be like, man, look, I got, I got money. I got people doing – I look, I'm good. I can go anywhere, you know, and that's ultimately what I want to do. So definitely want to part her and part on the her about – what hard work gets you, you know, this whole, this world is based on it. You know, you're going to get anything out of life that you work for. You know, I want. Uh, You muted yourself, DeAndre. Hello? Yeah. I had to call my bad. So I want to impart on her about being intentional, right? Like you have to be strategic about what it is that you want to go after in this life too. It can't be just, I, you know, it can't be like an arbitrary goal in some respects. Like you got to put dates on it. You got to put time on it. You have to actually be putting for meaningful action towards getting what you want to. And that that includes everything, right? Like making friends and, you know, 
in some respects, hey, you know, picking your lover, you know, doing all those things, like being intentional, but like making sure that it's in alignment with who you are. Like, don't just don't just be out here succumbing to the world because this world is full of wrong terms everywhere you go. But if you stay true to who you are and everything aligns with you and your purpose and you set that for yourself, like you could be successful in that and you'll find comfort in the fact that, you know, you are who you are, you know, and speaking yeah. to that. That's another thing, you know, be an individual. It's okay. Find peace with your individuality, whatever that is, you know, don't let this world define you and try to fit you into a box because we were all created to be a different being period. You know, no two snowflakes are alike, although they all come down in groups, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to impart that on my daughter. Like it's okay, man, look, it's a crowd of people, you know, and you could follow the crowd or you could be that person that, anybody could notice outside of the crowd and it's really up to you you know so you know find peace with your individuality be who you want to be don't be who the world is telling you to be you know and probably the probably the most important thing is to really like love yourself first understand your self-worth understand what what it is that you want out of life and make sure that you aren't sacrificing who you are in order to obtain what you what you're trying to obtain because it's going to come and you don't have to do that you don't have to lose your integrity you don't have to compromise your self-worth in order to get in this life especially because this this world is full of abundance and everything is available to you in every manner if if it doesn't if it is in alignment with who you are that's not something that you have to go after there you know so i know as we get as i go on in terms of her life, there's going to be other things that pop up. But those are just some of the things that I think about right now. One of the things that I'm going to do is I'm actually going to write down my thoughts at 30 for my child so that she has an understanding of my understanding um, because because it'll give her a peek inside of, you know, like, I don't know where she'll be at when she's 20-something, but Mm-hmm. It'll give a peek at where I'm like when I'm 30 and, and and maybe when I'm 40, it'll change and 50. And so that's kind of something that I want to do that I thought would be a cool little project. Just here, here's my thoughts on love. Here's my thoughts on relationship. Here's my thoughts on money. Here's my thoughts on, you know, X, Y, Z and, and, and allow her to find that paperwork. And, you know, after I'm long gone, she'll still be able to have my words with her. So the DeAndre Rudis memoirs hey man yes sir i like that (laughs) now um how would you um how would you define the word fatherhood if you had to define it your way if i would have to define fatherhood how would i define fatherhood i would define fatherhood as i would probably define it in a way that i define parentage is basically you have to you you have to essentially put your life on pause, so to speak. And I know I'm terrible at doing that. So, so look, God forbid I'll be the one saying this, but you have to put your, your life on pause, so to speak, in order to raise a healthy, productive person in this world. And once they have gotten to an age where they can care for themselves, then you could resume your life. So kind of combining that for me fatherhood would be just that right like giving over my abilities to my child 
And for me, I believe that men are master teachers, right? I believe that the first teacher of a child should be a man. And I think it is a man. And I think that for me, fatherhood is about the educational process. That's something that I'm wholly looking forward to. Like, I'm so looking forward to the day where I could take my child and I could do certain things with the like, I told my lady already, look, me and this child going to the gun range. We going to go uh, yes. pick us up an instrument. We going to go pick us up. We going we gonna to go get some self-defense classes, you know, and then all in between that, I'm going to teach her her math and I'm going to teach her, you know, certain other things about survival and life in general. And I just can't wait to impart that wisdom. So for me, fatherhood is just a lifelong process of teaching a child, you know, while hopefully quote unquote putting your life on hold until that child is ready to go out on their own and then you can resume your life. Man, that's dope. Hey, so um we getting close to time. If uh Royce, did you have another question? Uh no, just um just uh tell the people where they can uh you know reach you at if they have to reach out to you, where would they uh where would they go? You know what? So Anybody can reach out to me everywhere at DeAndre Rudis. So that's D-E-O-N-D-R-E-R-U-T-U-E-S. And when I say everywhere, I mean that's literally Facebook, that's LinkedIn, that's Instagram, that's YouTube. And from time to time, I also go by my alter ego. That's all Dre, man. So that's A L C R E. M-A-N, you know, <laughs> form an automatic candidate. You know, that's my that that's my little moniker. I just switched the E's, the E and the what, the E and the R over in Alderman. So I just switched it and I put all Dre Man. You know what I mean? because um, I think it sounds cool anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so and, and I do a lot of stuff too, man. On my YouTube, you'll probably see me. I I post my gym workouts, but I also do this little series, what I call gyms and gyms. And so I'll talk about life and, and things like that, especially from the standpoint of a business psychologist. So I try to tie in some of the psychological elements that I've learned in terms of also imparting a little bit of wisdom on my LinkedIn. I've started to really uh, embrace blogging. So I'll write some blogs and things like that. On my Facebook, you can see a bunch of pictures of what I do out in the community. In fact, this weekend, we were we held an event where we we did some we had some drummers out we fed the community in terms of giving just doing like healthy food so we had some bananas and oranges and granola you know some water we trying to really get people to become more cognizant about the health on the front end and not just the back end when things that come through our community like covid to devastate our community we need to become way more proactive about health i handed out a little paperwork about stress stress management and how you could better what, how you can better deal with stress in terms of the relationships we have with it. And so you can just see a bunch of that. Sometimes you might catch me putting out my thoughts about certain things. I might go, I might go a little, little too hard. I, I do consider myself a revolutionary <laughs> in some respects. So you might catch me on that talking about the police or you might catch me talking about politicians or, you know what I mean? So I do a little, go a little hard on that. And then on my Instagram, you can really see my family and stuff. I don't post a whole lot about my family. I don't want them really be all in that social media stuff, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, my 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 so my Instagram is really where I put like pictures of my daughter, and again, like some pictures of some of the activists or advocate work that I do in the community. So they're all different, man. You'll see a whole bunch of different shades of me on every single different platform, and I like it like that because I'm multifaceted. That's who I am. So, yeah. can you um, can you speak on the forty blocks real quick before yeah. we sign up? Just yeah, for the, sure. Yeah. So the forty blocks in the movement was the basically like the brainchild of Steve Robinson of Northwest Austin Council. And I, I'm a board member of Northwest Austin Council. So our organization is geared towards education, housing, and public safety. And so one of the things that we really started to get into is block club development or community development. And so sticking with that, what we tried to do was come up with a a plan, so to speak, combining elements of business psychology. So that meant we created a survey. That meant we went out and got interviews from, we got 228 return surveys, but we literally went through the 40 blocks of Central to Austin, North Avenue to Division. And we went to every single home. If people didn't come to, to, if people didn't come to the door, we didn't get them, but we literally went to every home and eventually we had 228 surveys returned. So with those, I was able to analyze the data and come up with a a bit of understanding about how our community felt about engaging one another. And so the whole thing was built on the principle of caring, communicating, and connected, where we felt that if our neighbors were more caring, more communicating, more connected with one another, we can create safer community. Because one of the questions on a survey was rank and order what do you think the issues of the community are and so there was safety health jobs um housing education and uh, there's one more and i always miss that last one but there were six and number one was safety so what we wanted to do next was take all this information and data and try to see if we could develop leadership people that would be willing to be the stewards of their block so that once we start getting information or we could connect them with the police or whatever is needed in order to increase safety, but also so that those people could get other people on their block involved. And so next, and what we're working on now, and actually during our our event on Saturday, we handed out the first certificates. So we put people through a community leadership training program and we had three of our leaders that we lo- that we located. There were 24 in total when we had finished doing our 228 surveys. So there was 24 people that said they were willing to be those leaders. And so we couldn't get everybody again. You know, we're still in this COVID environment, and it's yeah. kind of difficult to actually get people online too. I think people were experiencing a lot of co- uh, burnout. And so we had we only had three people, but you know it was our first cohort basically. And so we had about six other people sign up for this leadership development class. And so now that's the next step is really trying to continue to cultivate leadership so that we can start to put some of those principles of caring, communicating and connected into the community. So ultimately it could be safer. And then when we reach what we would like to see in terms of safety, then we wanna move on to the next point that was on there, which would have been the education aspect. And so that's what we're trying, we're just trying to look at a different way of strategizing in our community and trying to bring the community together in a different way. So that's what the whole 40 blocks is about. Oh, that's dope. 
Yeah. If there's anything that, that we could do to support you all, just you know, let let us know, man. Oh man, just be continue to be a resource. Y'all doing well enough. You know, we know we're gonna find some young men out here that's gonna need uh, this this ability to vent, you know. And so just as long as we know that you're all available and doing good work, we we know that we gotta connect that we could really hook these kids up to that will have an opportunity to be able to not only express themselves, but get some, some development. They'll be able to learn some new, some, some, some um, new, I don't want to say new skills per se, because I'm, I'm thinking about the, how you had, you know, the bear, you had uh, the couple of the bears guys on, you had this real estate class. Um, so what would you call it? Like they would be able to develop some new understanding. I don't, I suppose, you know, maybe think about some things that they've never considered before. Yeah, um, uh, understanding broader horizons. Right, there you go. Uh, right, right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Life skills and money skills. There you yeah. go. They absolutely. Life skills, money <laughs> skills. And so, you know, they have that opportunity. So, man, y'all doing already the good work, you know? So, just we're just going to continue all of us. We just got to continue and and, it, and it, absolutely there's nothing 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 like black men standing up for their community and whatever capacity and being responsible and accountable to the community but also showing that black men ain't always out here trying to be at each other's throats and killing each other or trying to mistreat our women and things like that. And so as long as we continue to set an example in that way, we are very necessary and we need more of us, period. Yeah. That's the fact. Uh, last question we normally ask is um, if you had to give any, any advice to uh, a new dad or even a, a, a dad that already got kids, what would that advice be? Hmm. You know what? Your child is watching. That's the advice. Your child is watching. So that means the relationship that you and the child's mom has, they're watching that. They're watching how you interact and behave around other people. They're watching that. They're watching how you treat yourself. They're watching that. They're watching for you to be that, that solid foundation that they can go to at any time and know that their dad is going to be there. Like children are sponges. They may not do what you say. They may not do what you tell them to do. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's very rarely that even adults do that and children yeah. even more so. So they are watching everything that you do and they're soaking it up like a sponge. So if you don't want your child doing something that you are doing, that means you need to change period, right? Like, there's no way around it. There's no escaping it. Your child is watching. So anytime you do something, consider your child is watching. That's all I got to say. That's a good one. <laughs> Did you have anything yeah. else, uh, Dr. Raheem? Nah, nah, I don't. This is a great interview, man. Oh, yeah. Nah, man, thank y'all for having me again. I appreciate you, brothers, man. Like I said, just Man, keep it up. Just keep it up, man. And we we just need more shining examples, man. I I don't know the last time I ain't never seen twenty black guys get on a call together, man. But <laughs> <laughs> so y'all just keep it up, man. You know? We gotta shine. We gotta put some shine some light on on the world, man. In, in terms of what what it is that y'all are doing. So my twin brother and I actually have a podcast that we started not too long ago. It's actually called Pod in the Body. Where we talk I about like love, and <laughs> yeah, man, called God and the body, man, yeah. 
So it's about love relationships and getting your shit together, man. And so if y'all would be available at like 5 p.m., we'd be doing it on a – we could do it Wednesday. I don't know if y'all available because this is very short notice, obviously. But if y'all available Wednesday, man, we'd definitely like to have y'all come on so y'all could talk about uh, Welcome to Fatherhood, man, and, and, and talk about the organization and what it is that y'all yeah. do so we can actually bring more light to you Yeah, you still there, DeAndre? We can also do another day, too, so it's not a yeah. big deal. All right, cool, man. We'll look forward to having that conversation and uh, other conversations going forward with you, man. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here. Your candor and your man. story, man. It's, uh, people are going to get a lot of value from this, for sure, man. Oh, man. Well, tell them I said I thank you for listening. And remember, man, you can find me at DeAndre Rudis. I'm going to be honest. I am running for Alderman, right? So I'm not going to pitch it right now. But I am going back out for Alderman. I ran before. I'm going to run again. And this time we're trying to get in. So, you know, if you do like the content or you like the way I sound, man, just check into me and, you know, let's build together. That's all I'm about. So. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Well, again, uh, for myself, uh, Sir Roy Brianos, and for Dr. Raheem Young, and for our special guest, DeAndre Rudis. I said it right this time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, uh, right, right, right. That'll be part two. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about that more in part two. But, uh, All right, yeah, fellas, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all have a good night. Yeah, for sure, man. It's a wrap. All right, man. Have a good one. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to WTF interviews. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us via our website, WTFatherhood.org. Also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group will be listed in the description below as well. Uh, I ask you to leave a, a review as it helps more people receive the message and uh again until next time be well you already are